Assignments unlimited. Good afternoon. Are you open for business after hours? If you make an appointment, madam, yes. Uh, well, uh, six o'clock this evening? Certainly, madam. May I ask who's calling? This is Labory Manners. I'm ringing from Queen's Gate, and I'd like to discuss a small business matter with you. I'll make an appointment for you to see Mr. Mason, then. I see only your phone number in the newspaper. What is your address? 33 Half Moon Street. Mary Manners was the living embodiment of her name. Her etiquette was impeccable. She swept into my office like a galleon in full sail, and, divesting herself of a priceless mutation mink, proffered a hand weighed to the plimsoll line with diamonds. With a toss of her immaculate coiffure, she introduced herself in those dulcet tones reserved exclusively for the English aristocracy. Good evening. I'm Mrs. Labery Manners. You must be Mr. Mason. I am. Do sit down, Mrs. Lavery Manners. Thank you. I'm sorry to have come so late, but your girl was most courteous and said you'd wait for me. You see, it's a matter of some urgency. Oh, we see clients at any time, madam. Now, what's your problem? Well, it's my dog, Tootsie. You see, he's accustomed to a regular routine, and that entails a walk through the gardens every evening at eight o'clock. Now, this has been the duty of my butler, but unfortunately, the poor fellow has met with a slight accident and is incapacitated. I have applied to the Labour Bureau for a new butler. Oh, they're so difficult to obtain these days. In the meantime, poor Tootsie is pining away, and I thought you might be in a position to supply me with a man to take him out on his leash. Just until my own butler is well again, or, or until I find a temporary replacement from the Bureau. Oh, nothing could be easier, Mrs. Labrie Manners. Uh, what time would you want him to report and where? Oh, thank you so much. You don't know what a relief it is to find someone reliable. My address is 17 Queen's Gate, South Kensington. You know, just near the Victoria and Albert Museum. I'm sure your man will find it easily enough. Oh, he's well acquainted with London. He'll know where it is. Thank you again, Mr. Mason. If he could report at quarter to eight, I'd like him to come acquainted with Tootsie before his first run. I'll see he's there on time, madam. And then I'll bid you good evening, Mr. Mason. Good evening. matter of some urgency. Whoever dreamed up that expression, it's a dog's life. Yes? The lady's left, sir, but the perfume lingers on. Why haven't you gone home, Miss Fairweather? The lady said the matter was of some urgency, sir, so I thought I'd better stay around for a while. Well, I'm touched by your loyalty, Miss Fairweather. Well, I was waiting for Cannon anyway. Cannon? Is he coming here? Yes, sir. We're going to the Flicks. You were going to the Flicks? Cannon has work to do tonight. Oh. Seventeen, Queensgate. Well, Cannon, you must admit it's rather nice. Yeah. I wonder what the chief's charging for this dog walk. Why don't you ask the wealthy widow? Well, we don't even know if she is a widow. Ring the bell, Cannon. A faint heart never won a fair French poodle. Okay. Yes? Oh, uh, evening, ma'am. My name's Cannon. I'm from Assignments Unlimited. Uh, you've come to take out Tootsie? Well, that's the general idea, ma'am, yes. Good. The tradesman's entrance is right on the corner. If you go round to the kitchen, I'll fetch the dog and his lead. Well, I'll be 
doggone. <laughs> Cannon, you rough old proletarian, head for the kitchen. Who knows? The lady might even give you a cup of tea. Yeah, out of a tin mug. <laughs> oh, cheer up, Cannon. It's a lovely night under the stars and really quite romantic in the gardens. Yeah, surrounded by an iron fence ten feet high. I feel like I was in jail. Now, come to think of it, I'd rather be in jail than at the beck and call of an old pussyfoot like this one. Here's the turning. And there's a number on the back of the house, too. Well, that must be him. Yeah, you ring this time. Right. Come in. Come in. Don't mind Tootsie. He's quite harmless. Uh, is, uh, is that Tootsie? Yes. You ought to take him twice round the park. He needs plenty of exercise. But that's no poodle. I didn't say Tootsie was a poodle. A greyhound. Greyhound? That monster's pitch black. No, oh, sorry. Uh, it's just a manner of speaking, you know. Who's this with you? Hmm? Oh, uh, Miss Fairweather, the switchboard girl. She's keeping me company. I asked for only one person. So, you got two. Oh, well, I'll get the lead. If you'll excuse me. Crummy joint, this. Old tinsel and glitter in front and a chuck wagon of a kitchen in the back. And the old girl sure carries her class distinction to giddy heights. Cannon, come and look here. Hmm? What is it? Look down the passage. The place is unfurnished. Well, maybe she just moved in. Well, that's unlikely. Can you think of a better explanation? Shh, she's coming back. Here we are, the leading collar. Come, Tootsie. There's a good boy. That's right. Now, Mr. Cannon, twice round the park... And then bring him back to the back door again. Uh, that's all, I think. Okay, ma'am. Oh, twice around this place. Well, that puts the kibosh on Gregory Peck. Oh, it'll take ages. Yeah. Well, maybe we could tie him to a tree and look at the stars. Duty is duty, Cannon. We walk him for an hour just like the lady said. Okay. Say, tell you what. Let's see if we can get him to start up a rabbit, sort of pass the time. If huh? you let go of that lead, you might lose him, and then the fact will be in the fire. Taking the dog for a walk, oh. mate? No, we're off to the preacher for a special license. Oh, funny, eh? Give me the lead, and I'll walk him for you. Uh, stranger, look, I uh, I don't know who you are, but uh, take a powder, huh? Know what this is? <gasps> sure. It's a razor. You better stand closer to it next time you shave. Matey, I'm not playing games. Now, you'll be a good boy and take your girlfriend off into the park and hand me the dog. Look, beat it, Buster. All right. Mr. You know something, baby? He was serious. Look, bring him around. I'd like to have a cozy fireside chat with him. Oh, the dog. You let him go. Well, what else could I do? That guy on the grass is a qualified barber. Come on, let's get after the dog. Come on. Use. No, I guess not. Whoever outran a greyhound, anyway. Oh boy, what a start to an assignment! Come on, let's get back to the mug with carving ways. Oh, well, what can we tell the lady at number seventeen? Well, some hoodlum needed a greyhound. That canine cat means everything to her. She snuggles it to her bosom nights and coos nursery rhymes to put it to sleep. Cannon, the man you put to sleep has gone. Yeah, that's right. Oh, well, just my luck. It's all this class distinction that disturbs my sense of justice. I should have hit him with a rock. Well, I guess there's no use in delaying things. Come on, let's get back.
Ring the kitchen doorbell, Miss Fairweather. Right. Say, how many dogs has the old girl got? Ring again. What's the matter with it? Try the door. It's locked. Let me see. The cannon. She might just have gone out or something. If you break in, we can we can get into all sorts of trouble. Look, a guy tries to slice me with a razor. We lost the dog. There's another one howling its head off inside. How much trouble can you have in one night? I've got a bunch of keys here that'll open this door. And if the old girl returns while we're inside, we'll say we left it open. There. Helen, I'm scared. It's okay. I got my pocket flashlight. Say, the whole joint's in darkness. The old doll must have gone out. Yeah, like you said, the place is unfurnished. What say we mosey along, son? It's upstairs. Come on. Okay, okay, fella. Take it easy. Take it easy. Say, this looks like a like a printing shop. In Queen's Gate. Look, uh, draw the curtains, baby. I want to put the lights on. Huh? Okay. Cannon. In the corner. Is he dead? Yeah. Like a dodo. I guess I'd say a razor. No, no, don't, don't, don't come any nearer, baby. It's, uh, it's not very pretty. The dog. It's Tootsie. Tootsie, that's impossible. Well, look for yourself. No, it's a canine double. It can't be Tootsie. That dog was shut in this room. The windows are shut. It's another dog. But it's exactly the same as Tootsie. Look, dogs don't spirit themselves through brick walls, and they never voluntarily closet themselves with a corpse. Say, did you notice a phone in the hall? No, I didn't. Hey, wait a minute. Somebody's arriving. Oh. Put the light out. Wait, wait. Where can we go? Hey, in that cupboard. Now, come on. Don't make a noise. Shh. <laughs> all right, Tootsie. All right. Come in, Levita. Are you sure the dog don't bite? Tootsie. He's as tame as a kitten. Don't be silly. There's our friend in the corner. Someone make a bad mess of him. Looks like a race. It was. How it happened? I don't know. He staggered back here from the park. He was taking the dog for a walk and someone attacked him. I did what I could, but he was too far gone. Okay. I take him. You want for nobody to see him again? Yes. I make for him a nice pair of concrete boots. This cost you a plenty. I'll pay. Now, before I do the job. How much? Two thousand. One thousand now and the other when you've done the job. Okay. You get this mess cleaned up pronto. I will. Are you standing here all alone? I don't remember drawing curtains. I'm under... Oh. Come on, let's get out of here, baby. How? While she's on the phone. 
There's ivy on the wall outside. Do you think you can climb down? I'll try. Good girl. Now, come on over to the window. Come on. Quiet. Okay. Out you go. Go on. I'm right behind you. Now, make sure you got a good hand hold. Okay? I'll close the window. Oh, maybe. Hey, you're a great burglar, Cat. Don't you mean a cat burglar? Tootsie. Yeah, the right Tootsie. Well. He's still got his collar and lead on. Come here, boy. Come on. Come here. Got him. Ah, oh, first lucky break this evening. Cannon, having made a mental note never to accept a job as butler to anyone, began to retrace his steps to the office with the intention of telephoning me at the club. He didn't get that far. A newsboy caught his attention on a corner at Knightsbridge. Evening standard, all the dog fixtures. Evening standard, all the dog fixtures. Paper, Gov? Uh, yeah, here. Thanks, Gov. Right. Evening standard, all the dog fixtures. Evening standard, all the dog fixtures. Cannon, what are you looking for? Just a hunch. Hang on. Uh, yeah, here we are. Third race at Wembley. Yeah, that black greyhound races for his living. Which one? Well, that's quite a point. Anyway, the name's the same. Look, third race. Tootsie, owner, Mrs. Labory Manners. Honey, do you know how these dogs race? You ever been to the dogs? Not yet. But I have a funny feeling that if you don't report that dead butler, I'll soon be going to the dogs. And I mean that strictly metaphorically. No, 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 wait a minute. Uh, Just let me read what it says here. Um, the third race being over a longer distance should prove too much for the black greyhound, Tootsie. He has shown a great turn of speed over a sprint and was winner last time out in Manchester. Canine Who's says canine? Racing tipster. Canine says that the Miller's son should win this race and he's expected to show firm favorite on the tote when the betting opens. Man, now what do you think of that? Well, I might think all sorts of things if you translated it for me. Well, it's like this. You see, tomorrow's Saturday and the big race meeting at Wembley. There are six races set for tomorrow, and there are six different dogs in each race. The races themselves are run over different distances. Some dogs run well in a short sprint, and others do better over a longer course because they have greater stamina. Now, at the dog track, they have a totalizator board. You can bet in two-shilling pieces or in pound notes, and every time somebody places a bet, the amount of money shows on the tote board. The odds are calculated by the amount of money placed on each dog. Poor little thing. No, no, they, they, they love it. In addition to the tote, there are bookies who make their own odds. I don't see what all this has to do with the dead butler. Well, neither do I yet. But I want for you and me to be at that dog track tomorrow night and see how well Tootsie runs. You've forgotten one thing, Cannon. You had to take a dog round the park twice, starting at 8 o'clock. Well, you'll never get to the dog track on time. Yeah, but this is where the conspiracy begins. If Tootsie is running in the race... Then he can't be walked around the park, can he? Not even a dog can be in two places at once. But there are more than one Tootsies. In fact, there are two. We saw them. Correct, my beautiful Belle. But Mrs. Labry Manners doesn't know that we know. And what's more, she mightn't want us to know. Why? Well, if I knew the answer to that one, I wouldn't be standing on Knightsbridge Corner looking for a coin for the telephone booth. What? You're, you're going to phone her? Well, why not? If she says there's more than one Tootsie, then we'll go to the office and ring up the chief. But if she says what I think she'll say, then we keep Mum and go to the dogs tomorrow in time for the third race, okay? Well, what about tonight? 
Well, I've got a frozen pie in my apartment. And you're just the doll to thaw it out. Come on. Are you in? That's it. Now, hang on. I've got a phone number somewhere in my diary here. Now, you keep very quiet while I'm talking. Oh, very well. There you are. Library Manners. Speaking. Oh, uh, hello, ma'am. Uh, sorry to disturb you so late. This is Ken. Who? Uh, Ken and Assignments Unlimited. You know the guy who took your dog Tootsie for a walk tonight? Oh, oh, yes. What can I do for you, Mr. Cannon? Well, uh, the fact is, ma'am, I, uh, I bought the standard just now on the way home, and, uh, well, I see in the sports page that your dog Tootsie is racing at Wembley tomorrow night. Oh, he has little or no chance. The dog's a sprinter. Yeah, well, that's not why I rang, ma'am. You see, my old and infirm aunt is coming down from Greenock tomorrow, and I thought if the dog is racing, then, uh, well, you won't need me to take him for an exercise around the park, in which case I could go to the station and meet the old lady. Uh, hello, are you still there? Yes. Um, very well, Mr. Cannon. You may have tomorrow off, but see to it that you're here on Sunday. On time, like a Rolls-Royce watch, ma'am. Good night, Mr. Cannon. Good night, ma'am. You catch all that? Every word. But, Cannon, if only one dog is at the racetrack, who will take the other one for a walk? Baby, I'm more interested in finding out who's being taken for a ride. Oh, it's exciting, Cannon. We must come to the dogs again. Yep, it's great fun if you just watch it. Surely a mild flutter can't do any harm. A mild flutter, no. When the gambling's big time, it gets a bit rough. Oh, well, here come the dogs for the third race. Just watch them as the attendants walk them around. Look, there's Tootsie. Yeah, but which one? Well, I can't tell, but he doesn't look as though he hasn't got a chance. Well, Mrs. Lavery Manners was adamant that he couldn't win. Oh, where are you going? To the bookie. The betting opens now, and my guess is that the odds on Tootsie are going to drop suddenly and dramatically. You're going to have a bet. But you said that wasn't wise. No, no, I don't consider this to be a wager, baby. I figure this is a cast-iron certainty. Oh, well, the, the tote's over there. Yeah, I know, but I'm betting with a bookie. Tootsie is a rank outsider. With a bookie, I'll get 25 to 1. Oh, well, I want to bet two shillings. Well, now, come on, now make it a quid, huh? I've only got ten, Bob. Okay, I'll loan you the rest. You tap that guy on the shoulder, he'll do. Excuse me? Yes, miss. <gasps> well, what is it? Want to bet or don't you? Colonel. Good eyes. Uh, what's with you, mate? Uh, nothing. That Tootsie, 25 to 1, I see. That's right. Here. Haven't I seen you somewhere before, mate? Sure, you're my favorite bookie. Mm. Uh, give me 50 to 2, eh? 50 to 2, Tootsie! Oh, there you are. Thanks. Come on, baby, let's get over to the cage. Cannon, that's the man who attacked you in the park. I know. Well, aren't you going to do anything about it? Mm -mm, not right now. But he's a bookie, and that begins to add up. Now, look, just stand here and watch the line of bookies. In a minute, you'll see ten different guys walk up to the ten different bookies and each place a bet at the same time. And before any bookie can lower his odds on Tootsie, there'll be a fortune bet on the dog. There, you see? There they go. Oh. Now I know why Mrs. Lavery Manners lives in Queensgate with no furniture. Well, tell me. All in good time. There, the dogs are in the traps and ready to go. I'll only be absolutely certain after the race.
race, number three, the third race on the card. The dogs are in the traps, and here are the numbers. Number one, Gypsy Boy. Number two, The Shadow. Three, The Miller's Son. Four, Rovery. Trap five, Tootsie. And six, Scar Fell. The mechanical hare has started. It's passing the traps, and the traps are up. It's number one away, fast on the inside, followed by three, four, two, six, and five. Now it's six taking over and five coming up as they race into the turn. Three dropping back there, but five still going well. One has dropped back now, and it's number six from five by Shorthead with four, two, three in that order. Number one right at the back there. Now it's number three picking up with a great burst of speed. Number three running the best race. Three going up through the pack and going well. But now it's five. Five always in the race, but now making the pace. Five it is. Five going ahead of run, and five is going to win easily. Five running out an easy winner, yes. Number five it is, followed by three, six, and others also ran. The winner of race number three, number five, Tootsie. Number five, Tootsie. Oh, we won. We won, Cannon. Twenty-five pounds. Well, just think of it. Twenty-five pounds each. Oh. Tote payout on number five, 60 shillings. The tote payout on number five in the third race, 60 shillings. You hear that? 60 shillings for each two shillings or a multiple of two shillings bet on the dog. In other words, 30 to one. It was a complete outsider and nobody even gave it a chance. Now, look at the bookies' boards before they rub them off. Six to four on. That means you have to put six pounds on to win four. Oh. But not the ten men who bet just before the race. You're a clever girl, Mrs. Labry Manners. Mrs. Labry Manners had hit upon a certain way to outwit the strict supervision of the dog tracks. She had bred and trained a series of greyhounds, all jet black in color. They were trained to run over different distances. And she rang the changes with them racing what the acceptors thought was a sprinter over a long distance and vice versa. The odds on her dogs were therefore always high, and her gang of criminal punters moved in on the bookies when she gauged the time to be ripe. The house in Queensgate was the perfect cover, and provided her with a hideaway for the dogs and a print shop in which she could forge the dogs' papers that showed their physical statistics as well as their colour. Thus it was that she had a whole litter of dogs registered under one name. The bookie Sammy suspected the truth, but thought Mrs. Labry Manor's butler was the culprit, and so the unfortunate butler was cut to pieces with a razor. Sammy paid the extreme penalty, and at the moment, Mrs. Labry Manor's is safely inside an institution, where she has something in common with her erstwhile litter. You see, these days she too is known only by her number.